Welcome back, my friends, to its all-connected Journey to Growth podcast, where we grow together spiritually, physically, and mentally. I'm your host, Adedra. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us together, and we invite you here, Father God, on this podcast. Let the words be specifically from you. And let it reach many hearts. In your son's name we pray. Amen. On today's episode, I wanted to talk more about body image or body shame versus seeing your body in a positive light. It's crazy how today in society, it's okay to pick apart people or to present certain images as perfection when we all know perfection is not attainable. Nobody should attain to be perfect. We should all aim to be us and accepting of others. And so, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my story and how I used to view myself versus how I see myself now. I would say from the time I was in elementary school all the way up until after high school, to me now, I had the body that I wish I had now. (laughs) And I know it's crazy that I say that now, but having been blessed to have three children, and I look back on my complaints then, I wish I can just, I don't know, snap myself out of it. I complained about things that could have been fixed with, you know, eating whole foods and working out a little bit more. Being very in tune with my body. And most of the time, that that's what it is. We eat the wrong things. We lack sleep. Half the time... We're putting the wrong chemicals on our body, and I don't know. We just complain instead of doing the research and putting in the work. And that was me to a T. You know, and on top of that, like growing up in my neighborhood, the way I was shaped got too much unwanted attention from adult males which at my age, I did not want. It was not my focus. I'm pretty much a very quiet person. And it kind of made me hate myself and the way I looked and the way I was shaped. And so as I grew up and grew into my skin, I still picked myself apart. Now... 
everybody constantly told me that I was beautiful or that I was pretty. And I'm not trying to brag or anything like that. But just because you say it doesn't make a person believe it. And that was my thing. Sure, I have some pretty eyes. I have pretty hair, a pretty smile. I'm light-skinned, you know, wide hips, small waist. You know, but that's not how I saw me. I didn't see me as other people saw me. I didn't see me as pretty. I didn't see me as gorgeous. I just saw what needs to be fixed, what could be improved, or what I wish I had. And with those insecurities, they continued on to the point where I started really covering myself up. I would wear jeans all the time and big shirts. And when it was hot, I would just, you know, wear a big shirt with an entire jacket around my waist trying to hide the butt I had because I have a butt. And instead of embracing who I was and what God had gifted me, and looking at myself in the mirror and saying that I I am beautiful because God does not make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. And I was made in his image. So therefore, how can I look at myself and see disgust? Or how can I look at myself and find things to pick apart to hate? And I've been in that mindset, or I had been in that mindset, up until my recent 30s. So it took a while. God's been dealing with me for so long. And here I am, three babies later, not with the body that I had, but still loving the body I have and working to improve it. And it took me so long to get here to a mindset where I know that I am beautiful because I'm God's daughter. A mindset where I look in the mirror and I smile because I see God. I see the God in me. I see his smile. I feel his love coursing through me. This is his blood flowing through my veins. I cannot honestly look at something in the mirror that God created and call it ugly or flawed. I could never. And in this day in society, I have to deal with that same thing, but it's not just, let me go back. My daughter has to deal with it. My youngest is not old enough yet. She's two. But my 10-year-old, she comes in in here in my house, home, and she's always talking about how pretty somebody else's is, like somebody else's hair, somebody else's skin color, their eye color, their smile, what they're wearing. And I tell her that that's okay. It's okay for them to be that beautiful or have that certain hair. But it's also okay that your hair is not completely straight and it's 
curly, kinky, or coily. It's okay that they have green eyes or brown eyes or blue eyes, but you have pretty honey brown eyes. It's okay that their skin looks smooth and yours doesn't. Some people have freckles. Some people have dimples. Some people just have really, really bad acne. And that's not a jab at them. But we all have flaws. What's beautiful to one person does not look that way to that person. And so I say that to say we're not perfect. We shouldn't we shouldn't aim to be perfect. But we should aim to be more compassionate to the next person because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they went through. We don't know where, where their mind is. And a lot of people who have so many opinions about the next person probably isn't too happy with themselves. And it's sad that some people feel like to make them feel 10 times taller, they have to bring you down three sizes shorter. Like, I don't understand it. Do you honestly feel better after? Does it really help? I just feel like when it comes to flaws, I can focus on those or I can shift my mindset to remember to be patient with myself and others and to focus on loving me where I am and appreciate the progress I have made in finding peace there in God. Or I could spiral off every negative comment of everyone's thoughts on my body image. Or my health. When I when like I said, most of them aren't contributed to the work that I put in or the work that it takes. Nor are they. I don't know. Paying my bills, helping me to stay consistent on this journey, or encourage me. I'm not meant to be perfect. God is my perfection. And I feel like that if God meets me where I am in this moment, or as it says in the Bible, come as you are, then why can't I give that grace to myself or to the next person? And instead of telling her or tearing her down about a certain way she looks or how she should look, why can't I give her grace and give her a compliment and show her compassion and tell her that she is beautiful or that her shirt is beautiful or her smile is beautiful or her hair color or whatever it may be? You never know how much that can mean to a person on their worst days. We don't know what their thoughts are. And so I tell myself every day, I have to remind myself every day, because it is an ongoing battle for me, that I have to give myself grace, but I also have to give others grace. And to the ones who 
feel like they need to share their negative thoughts on me or anybody else. Try showing compassion instead. It goes farther. There's enough hatred in this world and not enough compassion. And so as a daughter of Christ, it's my job to show grace. Which is the same grace that God showed me. And to be okay where I am in each season. And it is by the grace of God that I do not give in to the noise of negativity. I am content in the body I'm in right now. I am content in my progress. I celebrate all the small wins. And I teach my daughters and my son to be better than the standards society sets. We don't all have to be carbon copies of this world. Most of us were designed to stand out anyway. But we're all afraid to be in the spotlight. I know. I stayed there for years. I was good at it. And so I just want to say, let's start thinking better of our choices or giving better responses than our first reaction. Stop, think, and then respond. Or sometimes it doesn't take a response. Maybe just wish them a happy day or a great day and walk away. Sometimes even that can be the best thing you can do for a person. And so, I just hope that this touches and reaches a lot of people. On this podcast, I just really want to be me. And I know it's not going to be for a lot of people. And that's fine with me. But I'm still going to keep doing it. Because eventually, it would reach those who... Who it's meant for. So that's enough for that heavy stuff. But no, it's not heavy. It's needed. I just want to read. Not read. I just want to speak more on. A little bit of the faith segment. Of this podcast. I have been reading in the book of Ecclesiastes. And as you guys know from earlier, I have been watching The Chosen, which kind of put me in the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, And what I got from both is... Basically, I don't want to say cycle, but it's amazing to see um, the scriptures 
the actual scriptures put into vision or a visual that you can see. Like, this is the first time I've come across, uh, I guess, the storyline of Jesus, and it feels like it came right from the scriptures. And as I was watching it, when I came to the end of season three, Ecclesiastes came to mind. And I'm going to read the part that came to mind, which is Ecclesiastes 1, verse 9. And what it says is, what has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. I know you're probably wondering, like, why that? And it's the last part that really sticks out to me. There is nothing new under the sun. And I said it because I sat there and watched in amazement and so many other emotions how each person that he helped, each disciple, you know, that he was teaching, how they struggle with the same feelings and emotions and so much more of what we go through today, like in our walk, in our Christian walk, in our faith walk. And it was so incredible to see, and it was so comforting, or comforting, sorry, to see that even back then they struggled too. They struggled to forgive themselves. They struggled to be deemed worthy. Worthy, sorry. They struggled in knowing what's next after being redeemed. They struggled to know if they really had the authority to heal or to pray out demons. They struggled to trust. And at times they struggled to believe. Even though they saw him perform miracle after miracle give speech after speech, still, it's like it shocked them every time. And it's so amazing because I kept asking the Lord, like, what does this mean? And if you hear pages turning, I'm in my notebook. I like to write everything down. Um, What God essentially told me was, Three things, which I should have had uh, that page already set. But he told me to stay open in expectation of everything. To continue to open my heart to him and to seek him in all things and to not forget him. And honestly, in this day and time, in this walk... I really do sometimes forget to seek God in all things, to sit there and go to him first with everything because I'm so used to doing it all on my own. And that's the thing. I've never been alone, but that's the mindset I had. And it's crazy because it's like some people think when you say, oh, you automatically got it. It's done. It's over. You saved. No, there's work behind that. (laughs) 
And it's an everyday thing. It's a moment-to-moment thing. And when they say it's a process, trust me, it's a process. It's real. And so I've just been kind of not stuck, but meditating on that verse along with the two after it, which is uh, Ecclesiastes 1 verse 10. Can one say about anything, look, this is new. It has already existed in the ages before us. Verse 11, there is no remembrance of those who came before and of those who will come after. There will also be no remembrance by those who follow them. And it got me to thinking, like, it's seriously the truth. If you read Ecclesiastes 1, verse, well, not verse 1, but the first um, chapter, it it literally seems like (laughs) it's telling us from a human perspective that all these cycles we go through, it's just, we see everything through misery, And that's only for the for the human perspective of it, it, basically. So if in the human eye or the human perspective, we're constantly in this cycle, but we're miserable in the cycle, then it's time to ask God for godly wisdom and to open our eyes to see things spiritually because that's how we should be walking anyway. Spirit-led not flesh-led. But then it tells you at the end, which is verse 18, for with much wisdom is much sorrow. As knowledge increases, grief increases. And to me that means as my eyes are open and constantly seeing the truth, I have been grieved. From what's been literally in front of my eyes and my eyes not being open and seeing. I've been in denial. I've been delusional. But I'm learning now. I'm learning. That's where faith comes in. Because it's an action word. That's where compassion comes in. That's where grace comes in and mercy That's where choices come in. Because the only real control I have is in how I respond to things. I always have a choice. But as a representative, representant, uh, y'all know the word I'm trying to say. I am representing, there we go my father in all things so I have to really step back and think before I respond I can respond in spite or I can respond in love I can respond in anger 
Or I can give grace. I can be petty. Or I can be compassionate. These are my choices. This is my control. Remember, y'all, God give us power, authority, and self-discipline. That self-discipline is your self-control. You have power, authority, and control. Keep your peace and send out grace. Be the change. Okay. I'm not going to keep y'all any longer. I just wanted to throw out those two points. And I'll even give y'all more examples. Like, actually, no. I'll do that next episode. But I do want to leave out with a prayer that is close to my heart. And that I have been really, really praying over the people around me as of lately. May God bless you and protect you. And may he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. But make sure that as he gives you favor and peace, you give others around you that same grace. Until next time, bye-bye.